Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board chaired by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Racial Foundation in partnership with the multimedia group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with support from the graphic business. For a couple of weeks now, we've been looking at or inside the engine room, trying to glean from frontliners in various fields the what, the why, the where, the laughter, the tears, the tough decisions that undergird their work. And in doing so, hopefully inspire the next generation of achievers. We've heard from Diana Hamilton, Israel Laye, and Ajitianan. And if you missed any of those, check them out on my YouTube page, Albert Okran. Today, I move on to a guest I have waited for for years, somebody I really hold, we hold very dear here at Springboard, a media personality and comms consultant, the woman they call the boss lady, voted as one of the hundred most influential women on the continent and one of a hundred most influential Ghanaians. Describe her as the confident, articulate, vivacious, and elegant Anita Eskin. <laughs> Albert, God is good. Good to see you. Pleasure is all mine. You know, here at Springboard, we mm -hmm. celebrate people and celebrate achievement, celebrate the diverse gifts, mm. talents, and abilities that God has blessed this nation with. Mm. So, uh, secret hashtag is my beautiful Ghana. We think Ghana is full of beautiful people. What do you think? I think you couldn't have said it any better. This is a country of beauty, of color, from our culture to our traditions. But most importantly, you're right. Our people are beautiful people. It's a nice way to look at things. Absolutely. Look at the glass half full. And, get, and it gets better every day. And it gets better every day. <laughs> so today I want to get into the engine room, find out the, if I may say so, the real Anita Eskin, mm. the battles, the tough calls you've had to, you've had to make, mm. and help somebody growing up and aspiring to be like you, or even better than you, to appreciate that the, the fights they are facing do not mean that they failed, and that that is what everyone goes through on their way to the top. And what you see is not just the glitz and glamour that the television shows. But let's rewind to your childhood. Did anything prepare you for this? Did you think you would do this? I knew I would use my voice for something. What it was going to be was then revealed to me as I grew older. But I did have immense respect for people who would take the camera lens and use it as a channel of connecting with hundreds and thousands and millions of people. I mean, can you imagine being in a studio and not knowing whom you're having a conversation with, but be able to bring your best foot forward all the time, just in case somebody out there needed you to inform them, educate them, entertain them. So when I was young, I knew that I would be in some kind of seat or some kind of stage or under some kind of spotlight. What it was going to be, how it was going to be, where it was going to be, is what I didn't know. Were there any people that you looked at and you were like, this is, this is the kind of person I would like to be? I, any, any role models oh, in, on, on camera? 
on camera, I always religiously watched Gifty Auntie, Barbara Adu. I mean, these were the women on GBC at the time. Admire their craft, oh, but yes. ca chart your own unique path. Indeed. You, you know that I described you with the word vicious, yeah. because I, I felt that you, you come across with a lot of energy yeah. and drive and excitement about what you are doing. Yes. Where, where does that, that strength come from? It comes from accepting that the world evolves very quickly, the environment changes very quickly, and, you know, as you're growing older, so is your audience. Don't you want to give your audience something different every single day? I mean, we're human beings. So you know what, Albert, when you and I, you know, wake up in the morning, you know, we, 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 we look at our children or we look at our world, we look at our business. Aren't you inspired to do something different every single day you Absolutely. wake up? And that's, that is what has been my guide. You know, with evolution should come my personal evolution and I should be able to give my audience something new as many times as I can, as often as I can. So that viciousness comes from never wanting to be comfortable. I don't like comfort. For me, I, I, not, I, not, I, not I, your way. I, I, I love comfort. <laughs> <laughs> we love comfort. Okay. But I don't like the feeling that I know how to do something so much that I don't even need to worry about it when I wake up in the morning. And that fire is what makes me go for more every single day. Is that what wakes you up at night? It's what keeps me up till 3 a.m. plus Netflix. But, um... <laughs> I, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, it's, it's what makes me ask myself that if Albert knows Anita can do A, B, C, and D, what can I do to shock Albert, the good kind of shock, tomorrow? What do I think Albert would want from Anita, you know, um, in a week or in a month? You know, because Albert forms part of my audience. You know what I mean? So you can't give your audience the same thing every single day. So that's what keeps me up. What else can I do within or beyond my means that can make my audience feel, yes, she is taking us into consideration. She's thinking about us. And as we change, so is she committed to changing and evolving. This book, A Thousand and One Tips for an Outstanding Life, is one of probably the... the most engaging books comfort and I have written and we talk about a thousand and one lessons and the last ten are what I call the greatest lessons of my life mm. and one of them is the law of the iceberg that says that when people see you and they think you are strong they should find out to their surprise that 90% of your strength is below the water Absolutely. so what they see should just be a 10% glimpse at your real strength mm. is that what you're describing? That is what I'm describing because honestly, my brother, when I sit in front of people, it's the end result of days, weeks, months, sometimes and most times years of something I've been preparing. Give us an example. Tell us, help us to appreciate that, that, that long, drawn out, unseen process of preparation. When I started my career, one of the things I knew I wanted to accomplish was relevance, influence, impact, power. And I knew I couldn't get those... Give me those four again. Relevance. Relevance, influence, impact, and power. I knew I couldn't achieve them by merely being a talent. I knew I could only achieve them if I owned if I empowered, if I shared, if I taught. 
I don't know how that wisdom came to me. One can only imagine that the good Lord has his own reasons for choosing some of us to do what we do. But as young as 17, 18, 19, I knew that I didn't want to show up in your living room via TV just delivering something to you. I knew that I wanted to have that relationship beyond the TV set, beyond the, you know, the radio microphone. I knew I wanted to be in charge of who you become. And I prayed for it, Albert. I prayed for it. What do you pray for? I pray for the ability to walk into somebody's life and use the gifts and talents and the skills I have acquired over time to change their life. And maybe that change may come from me being bold enough to share my own mistakes so that you can learn something today. So that you don't have to necessarily walk the path to make that mistake. But if I catch you today with the kind of gift, wisdom that I have, that I've been preparing, and as you say so much, oh so well, below the water, then maybe, Albert, you'll become a better person just by listening to us over the next hour. So if I understand you right, you're saying that in every line of engagement that you are involved with, Unseen to the person consuming your service is a relentless desire for relevance, influence, impact, and power delivered to your gift and talent. Is correct? With strategy and planning. Tell me about strategy and planning. To be able to change my world, you know, and by the way, to, the, to your wonderful listeners, it's important that they know that this mentality, this planning, this direction didn't come in a day. It was built over years and decades. You know, an army doesn't wake up on Monday and plan to go to war on Wednesday. An army takes time to sit in the engine room, as you, you, you put it, around that table and plots and plans. I'm not eager to be the first, but I'm eager to be the first that you will remember or the first that you will recall. What's the difference? To be the first, I don't have to care about quality. I don't have to care about, you know, how much time. As Actually, I, I need to press the fast-forward button. To be the first, all I have to do is wake up and decide that today is going to be the day. But to be the first that you will recall, and the first that you can really say to yourself, wow, I have never felt this good about myself um, till I encountered Anita Erskine or till I came into contact with Anita Erskine, I need to know who you are. I need to take my time to even rediscover who I am at every turn in my life. There are two things I'm exploring or I'm curious about. Mm. How did you get here? Rewind back to your childhood. Mm. You saw models doing what they do. And I'm talking about models in the mm. media doing what yeah. they do. And you found mm. out or you... You had a sense that you have a voice mm. and you would like that voice to make a contribution. Mm. And while you admire their craft, you told yourself you would be different. Beyond that realization, how did it evolve to be who you are today? This, is, this question is coming at a very timely time because I'll, I'll show you the connection. I lost my father two months and a bit ago. Sorry about that. And of course, you know, yeah, thanks. Uh, of course, you know, when you lose someone who has such influence in your life, um, you play back what the person has done for, with, to you. So, Albert, I merged my passion for this wonderful space of media that I, I've lived and worked all my life with discipline from my father. 
you know, there's a, there's a, there's is a, it a military part yeah, of him? There's a military. There's a, there, you know, when he bring, when he used to bring it dom- domestically, it was soft, but it was still military. Right. I, I have a similar background. <laughs> I, I can relate. So to you get what I'm I, saying. I'm packed into one family. Yes. My father was Navy. My, my uncle was general, an army general. Yes. Then my grandfather After was a whom your names, uh-huh. So it was it was packed into one. So you family. get what I'm saying. I get it. You cannot be. You can be human. But you have to be the kind of human that exudes discipline. And by the way, I've, n- I've not always been disciplined. I mean, there are moments when my, my humanness overcomes <laughs> the teachings you know, that my father left. But to answer your question, at that age, I knew that whatever I did, it had to exude um, the excellence, the discipline, and, and, and the formality. You know, there was a certain level of being formal when dealing with people, because you are dealing with people's emotions and their mentalities. So I knew that at that age. That is why I say there was not just a different, the, the desire to be different from the perspective of what I wanted to do, but how I did it. What was the first day? Tell me about your first day in front of the camera. It was in 1997, Metro TV sat in a hot seat because um, the, 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 the host for that program had fallen ill. I was sitting in the adjacent room organizing my tapes for the following day because my job was really just to um, library and compartmentalize all the tapes and summarize them. And I, somebody knocks on the door. Uh, Charlie? You remember who was The head of MCR, I can't remember what his name was, but it was literally, you know, Charlie? Um, yes, see, the kind you know, program, the program, like literally, yes, see, the program, Talala Frank, or say, the program at 10 o'clock. See, see, I bought 9 45. 15 minutes notice, Albert. And at that point in time, you've been dreaming for this, you've been wanting it. Mm. Do you say, Oh no, Mukaya last week, Anka? No, you don't say that. Don't you go on your knees to pray for certain breakthroughs? Don't you even, while you're sitting somewhere and nobody can read your thoughts, don't you say, ah, I wish. So the moment came and I had 10 minutes. You say 15 minutes. In television, as you know, it's 10 minutes. Because the last five minutes are to make sure that everything is fine. Correct. And I sat in that chair. Ready or not, here I came. How did it go? It was disastrous. Because you see, what you think you can do by watching somebody else is really not that's when you realise that no, in fact, there is something to be said about respecting the people that you watch every day and mm. thinking that mm. oh their delivery is all that it is, or thinking that it's all it takes is to read a piece of paper. No, there is a certain and in television it's an eye to camera lens coordination, it's you've got an earpiece in your ear, so it's your brain is split in four in front of millions of people. And you must not come off across as you were not prepared. But clearly I was young and I assumed that should be easy. But one of the things I learned is, well, dear, it wasn't perfect. You sat in that hot seat because you, you, know, you needed to. But pick it up and get ready for the next one. Like you don't even have time to say, oh, and I, I wish. No, 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 no. You don't have time. So next time, or actually the moment you leave the studio, start preparing for that unforeseen next opportunity because it will come. 
McTwain says you need three weeks to prepare for a good impromptu speech. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Was oh. there a next time? Oh, many next times. Every time I'm telling my story, I say, don't get it twisted. I didn't get here on my own. Of course, God's grace and favor, you know, accounts for a good 80%. That The 20% is the kindness, generosity of people I was surrounded with. And when I say kindness and generosity, it's you are young, but yes, we'll give you a shot. Tell me about some of the enablers, people who just give you a chance. I'll never forget, you know, Antiabena, who had come from GBC to head the programs department um, at, at Metro. And she was hard, but it was tough love. Mm. And it was, you know, stop. You, you, never, you never give excuses. When you're given a job and you don't know how to do it, you ask. And you ask your predecessors or you ask the people around you, how do I do this? You don't assume that, you know, I go to school and say, well, you wouldn't yet, daddy. You know, so you ask. And there's a certain degree of humility that comes with asking. Mm. Because it's not just, oh, I don't know how to do A, B, and C. Can you teach me? It is, I don't know how to do A, B, and C. Can you teach me? And then watch me do it so that you can correct me as I go along. Talal Fatal was also really instrumental because he literally threw all the biggest, hottest, deepest opportunities my way and, 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 and you know, to many more of my colleagues. You know, it, 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 it wasn't a question of can you do it. It was a question of we need someone to do it. So get in that seat. And I appreciated that. As young as I was, I knew that these are opportunities that are going to literally shape me in a way that even I at the time had no clue. And they did. So you remember Antiabna for helping you to understand the importance of questions, asking mm. questions. And, and Talal for throwing you into the deep ah. end. I'm sure at the time you did it, you didn't enjoy it. Now looking back, you, you realize how much it built you up. But at the time you did it, did, did you find it? Albert, I'm going to be very honest. I loved every bit of it. I loved the discomfort. I loved the uncertainties. I loved the complexities. Those moments also taught me the importance of understanding, appreciating, and respecting the people at the grassroots. Because they are the ones who get all the work done. The senior most people will give instructions. At the executive level, you know, theirs was to say, somebody will be in that seat. For the people, you know, and I call them grassroots because, you know, they're the people that sometimes you overlook. But I'll never forget how I was taught how to manage my eye to camera lens. It was a cameraman. Nanaya, I always, you know, I would say, hey, Nanaya, would you open you? Because you walk past somebody and call them a common cameraman. I walk past them every day and call them my, you know, my future builders. Because they would say, Debbie, Debbie, it's and when I would see the camera pan to the right, or I'd see another camera, they would say, no, 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 this camera is going to pan to the right, but we're taking a different angle. So while this camera is panning to the right, you look at the other camera. And when I would watch back, it would be magical. And these were the people, Albert. These were the people. They didn't have the biggest portfolios. They didn't have the biggest names. Quite frankly, sometimes in the end credits, their names were, but these are the people who held me up. And they're the people who would call me back into and I use the engine room and say, look, 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 look. You see here? Okay, next time when you see this, go here. Would you say that your appreciation even then of their contribution 
was a key factor in their opening you up to even more than you knew in the engine absolutely you know my father always used to say you've got three when you are a certain person in a certain uh category or you have a certain portfolio there are three people you should always bond with your driver mm -hmm. your chef and the person who takes care of your clothes for a military man, he didn't add a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him in my, in my conversation with him, you know, but yes, your driver, the person who's going to move you to point A, from point A to B, and has to do that at a certain, certain time, or within a driver, certain Driver, chef. Your chef, the one who will feed you before you go into that very important room. Hopefully, he's made you a good meal that can sustain you for the rest of the day. Hopefully, he didn't try anything new that will imbalance your, your, your tummy and the last person the person who puts your clothes together the person with whom you are going to tell or converse about the next program and how you need to look the person who knows how to iron your trousers so that line or defeat if that person on that day decides not only do they ruin your, your, your outlook they ruin your entire you know what's the word your day is gone. Your day is gone. You know, the funny thing, from coming from somebody who has a close military connection, I can mm. tell you that the first two are about survival. Ah, yes. Yes. And it's key for them at that level. Yes. I mean, General Okran would never enter a house and exit through a safe entrance he came. The mm. first thing he does is look for the possible fire escape mm. or other exit. And when he's going, he wouldn't even tell you, he would just go through that particular door. That's what he used to do. Mm. So the, sh the driver is about survival. The chef is the about chef. survival. The last is about our appearance. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you join us for this military review, it is Springboard Your Virtual University. Today's series is in the engine room, and my guest is Anita Eskin, literally blowing us apart with some very interesting insights. And I'm really compiling them, as is our custom, to share with you before this program is over. I'm going to go for a break to allow you to catch your breath. And when I come back, ask her what she mentioned in person, her mistakes. Call a friend to call a friend to join us in the engine room because it's about to get even better. Let's cross over to Nicole today talking about creativity and get a couple of messages from our beloved sponsors. And come back to Anita. Please don't go away. Creativity. A research by Stanford University professors has shown that only 16% of respondents reported getting creative insights while working actively. Rather, creativity is enhanced through reflective actions or when the mind is left to wander. Creativity spurs innovation and growth. A business news article which defines creativity as the ability to look at problems from different angles, to connect and combine concepts, and the ability to challenge traditional assumptions. Here are five things that can enhance your creativity. One, practice pattern recognition. Two, play shares or drafts. Three, play a musical instrument. Four, exercise. Five, get rest. So our question for today is, what one habit will you pick today to enhance your creativity? 
Don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead. Feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From Trotro Passenger to Tier Rubber Car Owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we are poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From Tabletop Trader to Supermarket Owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties, so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. Education is important, but even more important is social skills. What the Springboard Virtual University gives you is social skills. It helps you to navigate this life. And set you apart. Be street smart. Tuning to the Springboard Virtual University. Hi, this is Diana Hamilton and you're listening to Springboard, your virtual university. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university and to my discussion in the engine room with Adita Eskin, media personality and communications consultant. Before we went to the break, Nicole was talking about creativity and I'm going to start with finding out what, what sparks hmm. your creative juices. But before that, for anyone who likes notes, just a couple of hints about how we feature in the top, the top lessons from Anita when we wrap up this segment. She talked about watching the stars on television like Giftianti, Beatrice Edu, and admiring their confidence, preparation, and delivery. She talked about love, loving laughter and music and desiring to be different in the expression beyond telling us what's happening in the news. She thought about years of preparation, leveraging her talents and her skills coupled with strategy. She mentioned learning disciplined and formal ways of doing things from her late dad and talking about her dad, also learning to value the not so frontliners or frontline contributors who really teach you the secrets of the engine room. And from a dad, people like his driver, his chef, and the one who prepared his clothes. 
she mentioned top of mind awareness. She says, I'm not eager to be the first. I am determined to be the first that you will remember. And the final one, she says, the human enablers, the kindness of people like Auntie Abnat Metro, mm -hmm. who taught her how to ask questions, mm -hmm. Talal Fatal, who threw her into the deep end, and Nanayao, the cameraman, who taught her camera and eye coordination. And I celebrate all these people, as well as those she may not have gotten the chance to mention, who have sowed into her life to make her who she is today. Anita, yes. let's push on from where we got to. Okay. Let's talk about creativity. Mm. What inspires your creative juices? I am inspired by things that don't seem straightforward because they force me to delve more. They force and they, they, they deepen my curiosity. You know, these days I've been looking at the problems in the, on the continent. You know, what are the problems on the continent? Because when you accept what the problems are, you find creative ways of developing homegrown solutions to those problems. So that's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a deeper process for me now that I'm older, now that I know who I am and I know what I want so I can, you know, explain it even clearer. Perhaps at the time when I started my career, what inspired my creativity was maybe looking, in, looking at my environment and finding a way to make my environment feel and be a lot better for myself and the, and the people around me. And that's what brings out the best of you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And making sure that that delivery is not black and white, but that delivery is a beautiful mesh of textures and colors. So that when I have a conversation with you, it's not always technical. It's not always cold as steel. It's not always hard as ice. But, you know, it has a human softness to it so that when it sinks into your mind you can smile as you're smiling now or when we have a conversation I can bring some flair to it so that you have a deeper appreciation of whatever the situation may be so because creativity isn't just about making people laugh or making people feel good I don't always laugh every day I don't feel good every day I don't look good every day if I push you to describe yourself in one word what would it be? <laughs> only Albert Oakland will do this to me <laughs> Charming. Even if you say to yourself, <laughs> I say so myself. God forgive me. <laughs> I hope the next person is like, Charm. But what's wrong? Uh, Can't you just see? Oh, see yourself. Absolutely charming. It has to be charming. Tell me about that part. That 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 thought. When I'm having a bad day, my assumption isn't that the world should know I'm having a bad day. A bad day. My decision is that I'm having a bad day, but I've signed a spiritual pact with my maker and my audience to give them the best of me on that particular day. You mentioned your maker. Tell me about faith, mm. your personal faith. Mm. When I was growing up, my mother used to say to me, oh, I'll... Oh, Jerusalem. You were born in Jerusalem? I was born in Jerusalem. Wow. 
And so I grew up thinking, I grew up thinking, then let me be good, because oh my Jerusalem, you know. Of course, at a point in time, I realized, oh, dear Father, you created me for something big. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it. So as you can see my future, please make sure that I don't do anything that would create any impediments. Because I know you've created me. I mean, before my mother conceived me, I know you, 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 this God. You created me for something big. You talk to God a lot? Ah, every time. In On my way here, every time. Every time. Are your discussions funky? Our discussions are about, Father, you know, I'm, I don't know who I'm about to meet. You know, I don't know who I'm about to talk to. But you are ordering my steps right now. The phone call came for a reason. It's part of your plan for me. So from the most insignificant opportunity to the seemingly significant opportunity, you drew this in my plan. And I don't know what the plan is, but guide me. Have you seen this kind of prayer mm -hmm. deliver you from danger, from wrong contracts, mm. from bad decisions? Have you seen prayer? I'm a human being, so I've made lots of mistakes. Tell me about them. You know, sometimes I talk about strategy and planning, but I'm the same person who's going to say, yeah, sometimes, Albert, you forget that there is a plan. You forget that there is a strategy and you go left or you go right. But when you find yourself or when I found myself in a situation that I know that, ah, Anita, you could have avoided this. The first thing I do is to admit that it's my fault. It's my fault. Why I'm here, this result... This contract that has gone sour, you know, and honestly, Albert, I can tell you on authority, when I'm stepping into a particular situation, some may call it intuition, some may call it, you know, instinct. I call it the voice of God. Mm. That's sometimes said, Aziere, Sani, this place you're going, are you sure? You know, but the human side also can be quite overwhelming. You want something bad enough that you sign on the dotted line without perhaps even reading um, the blue or the black print. But what I do in those instances is I accept that if I can accept that I got myself here, then I can prepare for the next time, a next time that will not happen. But if I blame the next person, the chances are I may fall into the same trap because people come in different shapes and sizes and colors. People's uh, you know, planning for you may not necessarily come as how the last person for you did. But if I can accept that I need to pay more attention to this, I need to listen more, or I should have taken my time here. If I can accept that it's my purview, then surely I'm a better person the next time around. You talk about making mistakes and you make it sound almost like a certainty. Give us one example of what would you call one of the biggest mistakes Ooh, in your life. Oh, wow. Um, the biggest mistakes, mistake of my life, I, I would say not pursuing my education and line of media. Because I didn't study journalism. I didn't study. And, and you know, I, I look at some of my colleagues and I see the finesse with which, you know, they, they write or they, they, they read or they think or they research. or how, And sometimes, Albert, school and sometimes school is not just about the grades. School is about those instructors, that instruction that is so purposeful to who you want to be, to what you want to be. Of course, I mean, one may argue that. It's not only school that can make you successful, but in my humble opinion, a certain blend of education prepares you. You're correcting that? 
I have corrected it. I'm doing my master's as we speak. And it's in communications. And my master's is in, is in you know, communications management. What do we do in the middle of a crisis? How do we talk? How do we, how do we you know, react? I'm studying AI, artificial intelligence. I'm studying, um, oh, wow. So it's crisis management. It's AI. It's, it's, it's data management. Um, it's finance. Albert, man, do you know how imperative finance is to the creative arts? I didn't know until now. So that's how I'm correcting it. It's interesting when, I mean, when you look at somebody you think has it all going for them and you think they are yeah. strong in their field and they say this is 25%. Uh. I mean, Excuse me, for the sake of those who are <laughs> no, struggling, no. struggling <laughs> at no, the no, beginnings no, 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 of no. this journey. And the other reason we do what we do. Yes. I mean, not to taunt them or no, make no, them no. feel inadequate, no, but no, to no. empower them and say, listen, this person that you may look at and say, that's mm -hmm. my role model, mm -hmm. has made mistakes before, mm -hmm. but is correcting their mistakes, mm -hmm. has felt unsure before, mm -hmm. but it lifted up their head mm -hmm. so that somebody will listen and say, ah, oh, I'm not bad, I can do it. I've loved the part about your personal faith. Mm and about the avant-garde way of talking to God. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorites. Let's go to tragedy and setbacks. Right. Have you experienced tragedy? Have you experienced loss, rejection, mm. setbacks? Mm. That day you wake up and see what's next. Yeah. Have you experienced it? I wouldn't call it tragedy, but setbacks seems more like something that I've seen many times and I continue to see. You know, it's not every room in which you walk that the room wants to welcome you. Mm. Some rooms are cold, but they have no option but to keep the doors open because they know you bring warmth. But that doesn't mean that everybody is in your corner. No, it doesn't. Um, I've gone for job interviews in which my seemingly warm personality you know was seen a little bit more like you know you're too accessible we just want somebody who knows that they are coming they are at an executive position you know what i mean um i've been turned down from jobs more than you could assume you see um we also live in a part of the world where certain things you do are new Never, never before seen. But who told you that the people to whom you're bringing this are ready for that? So that kind of rejection has also hit me, you know. And, and sometimes, you know, I laugh about it with, 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 my, with my, you know, small network of people, particularly women. And I say sometimes, you know, it feels like we came at a time when the world wasn't ready for us, you know. And these are maybe something like something that would have happened maybe 10 years back. And you felt you were doing the right thing to the right audience, but at the wrong time. Is it possible that some of those foundations have helped create that accessible, that, that diverse world that we have today? I wouldn't change any of them for anything. I'm telling you. I wouldn't. Listen, you can never convince me to rewind time if we could and change never. Let it be exactly how it was. Because in the eye of rejection for me was, yeah, well, that small human element of feeling let down, but immediately overcome by the reminder 
that you are here for a reason. You are doing this strategically. And who told you that because you planned or because you're being strategic, it's going to be easy? As a matter of fact, because you planned and because you, you have prepared yourself, it's going to be even more difficult. Because you can't plan and prepare 100%. So if you're talking about rejection, it's been quite... Um, you know, till today, I mean, sometimes I go somewhere and I'll meet someone I've never met and I say, oh, my name is Anita Erskine. And the person will say, I know, you know, and there's that look of why are you telling me I know who you are? And I always tell them, I'm not assuming that you know who I am. As a matter of fact, I'm not assuming that you even want me to be here. So let's just take the humble route and allow me to introduce myself. And the thing about humility for me in the eye of rejection is... You know, sometimes people build a wall assuming you are how they think you are, yeah? Or assuming that you will come in raging like a bull. So they've already built a wall to stop you from what they think they've heard about you or what they think you, you, know, you are like. So there is, you know, that, there, there, there is a pushback. But hopefully your personality and conversations and your approach to situations allows them to bring the walls down. And there are people who said, oh, wow, you're such a nice person. You know, we see you on TV and you are a big and tall woman, so we think you are going to be like this. And it's the exact opposite of what they assume I am like. Um, I get a sense that you've been misunderstood very often because of assumption. No, I have not. I have been perfectly understood. Help me to understand it. You see, to say I have been misunderstood is totally unfair to, to the doors that have opened for me. Right. Do you get it? Right. Because at the same time, people have also welcomed me. People have also supported me. The plantain seller I just stopped by before I got here. Hey, She understands me. She understands what I do. So the plantain, I bought two plantains. She gave me one extra because she loves what I do on television. Her Sundays are filled with laughter because of me. So to say I've been understood is to bunch those people up with the ones. You know, so honestly, Albert, life is about balance. Do you honestly think everyone will understand you? No. But do you also think that everyone will misunderstand you? No. So there's a fine and fair balance between the two. But it's our job to take the ones who misunderstand and show them that, listen, if you can explain to me why you misunderstand me, it might even be basis for me to say, oh, okay, then maybe I need to change how I do this. Because how you may speak or how you may act may not necessarily be, quote, unquote, palatable for everybody. I love to crack jokes. And something happened a few weeks back while I was on set. At lunch, you know, there was a conversation and there was a young man, you know, I was having a conversation with him and I, and I, passed, I passed a comment about himself and his family life. And everybody around the table laughed because I am like that. Everyone but him. Because at that particular point in time, it wasn't funny to talk about his family life the way I did, you know. And he didn't misunderstand who I am. He just didn't like that situation. So you can't assume that, oh, I'll see, yeah, make a No, I had to take two steps and I said, yeah, well, it's true. There were 30 people in that room. I do have a loud voice. And to pass a comment like this to this particular person wasn't nice. So I had to go back and apologize. How did you pay it? Oh, I went back to apologize. How did you take it? He wasn't necessarily receptive immediately. But you know what? I just said, you know, 
Charlie. Yeah, sorry, why? I mean, say, you know, and then he said, well, you know, boss lady, me dey, me dopa, me judi pa, and he said, you can't, you know, I said, oh, I'm pa, I'm pa, my, my, my Does it come with being a larger than life person? Yes. Find that part of you that helps you be accountable. Albert. You can't be the greatest if you can't say sorry to people. As a matter of fact, if you can't say sorry to your own self. Do you want to be the greatest? Of course. Don't you want to be the greatest? I can understand it. You are the one in the Indian room. This Indian room we are in. Tell me about the greatest. Greatest is be the best at what you do. As I said before, change the lives that you've committed to changing. Help those who come to you for help. When someone is saying thank you, let it be a genuine thank you because you've used some resource you have to, to turn their lives around. You know, who do we sign a contract? Above all else, we sign contracts with ourselves. Listen, when you go and find a job, when you are working with a company or working on your own, I challenge you to ask yourself, this job that I'm doing, who is it for? Is it to put, you know, bread on my table, food on my table? Yes. But then what else? Because at the end of the day, surely, when you are a technician and the lights have gone off and you are in that technical room trying to put the wires together, the last thing you are thinking about really is the fact that these wires I'm putting together will feed me and my family. The first thing you're thinking about is that these wires will bring lights back into the room, in the room where Albert and, and, and Anita are sitting and, and where the interview needs to continue. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yes. So for me, it's, it's, you've always got to ask yourself that what I'm doing, who does it help today? What actually not even about the help. What does it do today that makes that one day somebody can said can say, Charlie, when your lights go off, when there's a problem, a technical problem, call Usumesi. And being the greatest Albert is not about name and power only. It's about being a reference point. You talk about the next generation. I say that that next generation has to have a reference point. And so the greatness I'm talking about is not for Anita's, you know, hey, and so I'm the best. Who the hell cares? But let the next generation say, we became great because this particular person showed us how to be better versions of ourselves. That's my definition for being the greatest. Let me pinch a couple of one-word answers from you. What annoys you the most? Lateness. Lateness, right? I hope I wasn't late. <laughs> what? You were on time. What inspires you the most? Honesty. What excites you the most? Tangible or intangible? It's yours. My children. Oh, lovely. What do you fear the most? Failure. Why am I not surprised? Who's your favorite personality? I can't answer that. It's entirely your call. My favorite personality. You know what? Let me just use recent recent occurrences. My mother. Okay. Yeah. Let me use yeah. If you didn't become what you do, and I gave you four options: mm -hmm. politician, teacher. Pastor, lawyer, which is closest? The politician, teacher, and lawyer. 
I'll never be a pastor. But I'm sorry, I need to choose one, right? Politician. 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 Are you likely to go into active politics? No. Partisan politics? No. I like I like the ability to be to change my world through a neutral portfolio. Let me see a politician. I don't want to belong to anybody. I, I don't want to influence anybody's acceptance of who I am. What do you do for exercise? I walk. Walk. My biggest difficulty is in selecting ten lessons when you give us twenty five. So I'm gonna join a couple of lessons. Luck. And yeah. and leave our, our viewers and listeners with 10 yeah. of my top lessons mm. from Anita Eskin. Mm. And I'm sure you've enjoyed it. And the big conversation is always about which one is your favorite and why. Listen, let's continue this discussion on social media. Don't just love the lessons and say this one. But let's engage them. What about this track you? Did she say it for you like you'd have said it for yourself? Let's talk about Anita's top 10 lessons as captured by myself even if they're not your top 10 <laughs> so here we go my my big lessons from anita skin in the third episode of the engine room number one finding myself she says you watch stars like gifty auntie and beatrice adu and admire them for their confidence preparation and delivery but she grew up seeking relevance influence impact and power and therefore determined to be different in her expression number two she says disciplined. She learned discipline and formal ways of doing things from her late dad who passed on a couple of months ago. Number three, top of mind awareness. She says, I am not eager to be the first, but I am determined to be the very first that you will remember. Number four, preparedness. She says, I didn't get here overnight it involved years of preparation leveraging my gifts and talents coupled with strategy and an example is that the first day on set was in 1997 at metro tv and she had to step in for someone who didn't show up with probably about 10 minutes notice and guess what the first appearance was in her words disastrous Number six is about human enablers. Following that disastrous effort, she wants to remember the kindness and generosity of several people who have invested in her journey, including people like Auntie Abna at Metro who taught her how to ask questions, Talal who threw her into the deep end, and the cameraman Anaya who taught her camera eye coordination. She says her father said, don't just appreciate the top line people who invested in your life but the so-called not so front liners he valued his chef his driver and the one who prepared his clothes for obvious reasons number six problem solving she says she's inspired by the things that don't seem straightforward because they inspire her curiosity and desire to explore solutions example national problems number seven is personal faith she says she talks to god constantly Every day and every time. Not in your regular way, in her own avant-garde way, but she talks to him. And she often hears the voice of God when making important decisions. Someone will call it intuition, but she says she hears from God regularly. Number eight is about mistakes. She's made several mistakes, sometimes ignoring that voice of God that she mentions. But one of them she can remember is not pursuing communications, education formally. 
earlier in her life. But guess what? She admits when she realizes she made a mistake and she takes steps to correct them, including doing an MBA in communications. Now, it's, it's a master's in communication. It's a master's in communication. To correct management, yes, to correct what she sees as a mistake. Number nine is about rejection. She's been rejected for being who she is, assertive, confident, and larger than life. But she says humility helps because many times people find out who you are and then appreciate you for who you are after the initial disquiet. But in everything, even in rejection, she sees a purpose in it. And then the final one, very special, the greatest. She says one way to describe her is charming. And why not? <laughs> and in everything she does, she wants to be the very greatest at what she does. And she sees herself as having a contract, not with her employer at any time, but with herself to be the very best at what she does. Is that a good summary? Excellent. I need to borrow it and use it. Can I? But that's a um, friend. It's all yours. It's your thoughts captured by me. The world can hear and see us. So thank you, Albert, for it's giving me straight to you from my iPad. Oh, I, I love how you archive everything. It's which of these ten? Which of these ten is your favorite? I know you love them all. Which of the ten? I think the last one, greatest. It cuts across. It's a lovely culmination of all the lessons and all the people, you know, all the places. And most importantly, that pact that you have to always show up and show off what God has done for you. And not by virtue of just the spirituality, but by virtue of the opportunities that he has given you. So don't just show up. Show off that God is good. I like that one, and, and I, would, I, would, I would like you to end by looking into this camera, just talking to somebody out there who mm. is listening, fortunately listening at the, at the lowest point of their lives and saying, mm. oh, it's so good for her, I wish it was like that for me. Yeah. And we need yeah. to just speak to them and inspire them. You know, it's always very easy to assume that somebody is better than you, or they have more than you, so they can do better, they can be more, they can go to more places. But you are not just a statistic, you are not just a number, you are a human being occupying a very important place in the world, and that's why God created you. When you feel that you are low, you can't achieve, it's important to even understand from the good Lord why he's brought you down to that level. He may have brought you there because there are certain things you're overlooking. There's certain things that you are not paying attention to. There's a certain greatness within you that you're not tapping into. And sometimes that moment of being low is a moment of self-reflection. And I've had those moments so many times. So, you know what? Don't let my appearance, you know, my, my, my voice, my, my how I express myself fool you into thinking that it was something that happened like this. It is a result of many of those low moments and telling myself that if I brought myself here, the good Lord is bringing me there to learn an important lesson. What can I learn from it and how can I bring myself up so that I can continue to be an example of not just his greatness but my own greatness. So you can do it. You can be it. I mean, you are it. Ask yourself why you're there. Because there is an answer. Give yourself that answer. Pick up the pieces. Lean in. Step up. Go out. And be the greatest you can be. And I knew the words the greatest would definitely feature <laughs> in that conclusion. This has been Anita asking in the engine room. And I told you, I warned you, I knew she would be absolutely engaging. And Anita, I want to say a big thank you for, to you for coming. Thank I want to say a big thank you to you for coming and to say that this has been a very, very
very, very important conversation mm. for me. Mm. And I trust that somebody out there has been blessed in a very special way. Amen. Let's do this again. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime, any day. A big thank you to MTN Pulse, UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group, the Multimedia Group. And on Tuesday, in the graphic business, on page 18, Anita Eskin in the engine room. Every word that she has shared will be captured with all the 10 lessons published for the whole world to know what we did right here in the studios. So we do this again next week. My name is Albert Okran saying God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Turn it.